0: Hello, everybody. The guest this week is Brad Robinson. Brad was a career firefighter for Pitt Meadows, and now he is a fellow podcaster. Uh, he does a show called Beyond the Big Red Truck. I really like the podcast because it's about people that go through adversity, something that I'm all about. Um, I'm not sure if you know my story, but I'm all about that, anyways. I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Thanks. Welcome to Ops Fitness Podcast with your host, Scott Bisbee. Hello, everyone. This is Ops Fitness Podcast, uh, with a great uh firefighter, Brad, out of uh, BC, and he has. Beyond the uh, Big Red Truck, uh, which is a great podcast. Brad, how are you?
1: Good, Scott. How are you, buddy? I'm glad to be here.
0: I'm doing uh, pretty well. Just uh, kind of cold.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I bet.
0: Yeah. So um, can you uh, tell us a little a bit about yourself? Uh, what made you want to become a firefighter?
1: Yeah, um I think at that time uh, in my life, uh, so I was, I, I got hired when I was, oh, how old was I? 33 years old. Um, I was a volunteer previously for about three and a half years. So yeah, about in my late twenties, I finally decided to, uh, to kind of go for it. I had a, a, a small little career in baseball um and then um you know kind of after baseball i wasn't really sure but i was so i just kind of floated around in the in the family business which was an insurance brokerage and that actually really um that really motivated me to go do what i wanted to do because the insurance industry was not for me Um, you know, sitting at a desk all day, really. So it kind of kind of gave me a little bit of a push to go, okay, you really want to do this. So, you know, I I think it's time, time to go try out. So I did all the uh, applications, I got into the fire academy, and then spent three and a half years as a volunteer, and then got on full time uh, professional at uh, in January 2005. But you know, kind of why one of the things that I really, you know, thought was a similarity between my my sports background and firefighting was the, the athletic part and the physical part of the job, uh, the team atmosphere, the camaraderie, the kind of the locker room uh, mentality uh, that I had heard about. So that's really what, you know, what I thought about uh, when I was uh, becoming a firefighter um you know you you don't really know about what it's really going to be like until you actually are are doing the job so there's lots of you know a lot of it is about the the teamwork and the camaraderie and the and uh the the locker room atmosphere and and the physical part of the job is is all there but there's other parts of the job uh that we 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 can only learn on the job so you know that was a little bit challenging at times but uh yeah, man. That's that's kind of that's kind of why I wanted to be a firefighter for
0: sure. Nice, nice. I uh, find it interesting that uh, you joined when you uh, were thirty-three. Kind of gives me a little bit of hope. Um, I, uh, like we talked about, I was uh, in the military as a firefighter and kind of lo- uh, lost my passion for it a bit. Um, and I've been uh, kind of uh, getting my feet wet, uh, trying on uh, with the local file department. And, yeah, we'll see uh, how it goes.
1: Yeah, man, honestly, um, especially in your 30s now, you know, I think what, what the good thing uh, about that is you do have some life experience at that point too, right? And you, you kind of um, are – you know, you've done a few things and you really can be, you know, maybe you're a little bit more focused in your thirties and, and uh, you know, it's tough because a lot of times people tell you, Oh, you'll never get in. You gotta be this. You gotta be that. You, you know, there's no jobs or, you know, it's really hard. So, so don't even, you know, don't even try. Well, that's, you know, probably the worst advice that I would ever consider giving anybody because anybody can really do anything they want to do it's just a matter of you know passion and and purpose right so so uh, being in your 30s man like, go for it a little bit later in life you know you still got lots of time and uh, it's about desire and and purpose and passion man for sure
0: yeah exactly i'm a totally uh, different person than when i uh, was in the military like uh, over uh, 10 years ago and yeah um i got nuts to loose now but it's funny because uh back then i i all i wanted to do was become a fireman and now i'm like huh, whatever if i make it i make it that's awesome if i don't that's that's great too <laughs> yeah yeah
1: yeah there's and there's lots of things uh related to the fire service that you could get into as well and and uh you know being in the military too. I mean, that's, uh, that's a tough job, man. And, uh, I commend you for that for sure. Cause I, I definitely, um, that, that wouldn't be, you know, something that I would do, um, you know, voluntarily. So I commend you for that, man, for sure.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, um, uh, we kind of both have the same passion, uh, like besides firefighting, uh, in fitness, how, uh, When did you uh, get the bugs, so to speak?
1: Yeah, I guess, you know what, Scott? It's like I have always been an athlete. So growing up, I played, you know, I played every sport. I played baseball. I played soccer. I played football. I played rugby. I played basketball even a little bit. uh, And, you know, that was definitely just because I liked being, uh, you know, with the guys and being active in that. Basketball was not my um, best sport. I, I won an award once that was uh, most improved player. So that kind of shows you right there that I was just out there having fun. But it is about fun. So uh, I just like playing sports uh, all my life. And, and uh, you know, I play, ended up playing baseball till I was about 24, 20 ish somewhere around there and uh but never was really we trained a little bit but you know the the actual fitness part wasn't huge um back in that time we we lifted weights and but we didn't really know what we were doing and we just wanted to be stronger and see how much you could bench press and and squat right and uh so it wasn't really um we weren't really focused on that but uh you know fitness has always been always been a, a, a passion of mine in the sense that uh you know from an athletic sense so really what uh you know and then i guess having to uh having to perform certain tasks to get on to the fire department and and do all those the fitness testing and that so that that motivated me there to, uh, you know, to get in shape, but still, I still was uneducated. I didn't really know, you know, what I was doing. I was very raw. And then, uh, throughout this whole time I had had, I had been experiencing uh lower back problems ever since I was probably 20 years old. And just, it just kind of got worse and worse over the years. And I, I kind of just managed it and just, you know, the old, you, you kind of you know just push through it and and you know lay down on the floor on a hard floor and uh and it'll go away you know in an hour or two and and uh so this and it kept happening and kept happening and even on on the job and I had ended up being off work a couple times uh from the back issue and then finally there was one time in about 2009 where I I got injured at work. I, I was just I was out at a training exercise and my back, as they say, went out on me and you know, knocked the wind out of me and I couldn't move. And I and that was kind of my aha moment. And I said, Okay, screw this. I need to figure out what's wrong. And and that kind of led me on the path to, you know, finding first of all, what's finding out what's wrong with me. So I, I went to my doctor and I did all the you know, I, I, I kind of almost, almost, you know, begged him or forced him. And I said, I want these tests. I need to find out what's wrong with me so I can continue with my life because my fire chief of the day was like, you know what, if this keeps happening, you probably, are, you know, there's a good chance you, you won't be able to do your job anymore. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I need to find out, you know, I really need to figure this out. So I did, you know, got the CT scan, got an MRI, got nerve function testing, all that. And it all came back with, you know, not much info. I didn't need surgery. I didn't need any, any extra special help. But what I did, what they did say, degenerative disc, disc disease and a few other things, kind of normal stuff that happens with, with aging and being athletic and getting pounded around a little bit in my life, uh, playing sports and that. Um, pretty normal stuff for for people, and they just said you have to manage it yourself. So from there, um, I really got into. I just decided, you know, okay, I and what what I had heard is, oh, if you're if you have back pain, you need to, you know, maybe lose a few pounds, right? And I was never like I wasn't huge, but I was definitely not really cognizant of, you know, what I was eating. You know, I was always a good eater, but I, you know, there was things that I was doing that, you know, especially around the fire hall where you're eating, you know, those big, huge meals that back then anyways, and, uh, you know, uh, garlic bread and Caesar salad and, and meat sauce with, with penne for lunch. Right. And you wonder why everyone wants to have a nap after lunch, but, uh, um, yeah, so I just learned, I, I went and I investigated and I found some programs that, that, you know, and I really wanted to start learning how to move better, uh, learning how to move properly. Um, so I found a program that was called Foundation Training, and it's a program for uh, lower
0: back. That and, was, sorry, did you cut yeah. you off? But uh, uh, the guy that made that book, uh, he was uh, Lance Armstrong's personal trainer, correct?
1: Yes, he was. There was two. Uh, Peter Park, I think, was the yeah. trainer. And then Eric Goodman, Dr. Goodman, was uh, the chiropractor. Okay. So one was a trainer, one was a chiropractor, and they kind of did that book together. And, uh, yeah, it's all about the posterior chain and strengthening, uh, you know, the the big muscles around the you know the big muscles in your body so that the little muscles can actually do their job, the stabilizing muscles and that and they're not taking the load um you know when you're when you're compensating and all that stuff. So that really like honestly man, that foundation training changed my life. Yeah. Um I, I went hard on that and um you know it's still not out there in the mainstream but it, it's out there and uh, I'm looking at getting the training for it now so I can actually help people and teach it. But, um, and then, yeah, so I was, I was g- got on the the foundation training program. I started doing some circuit training. Uh, I started to see some results. So just basic circuit training, body weight stuff. And then I found Tabata uh, training, which was kind of new at the time too. This is all about 2009, 2010, and really started to notice uh, you know, leaning out a lot and really feeling good. And, and as I was getting in better shape, I was starting to eat better and really cut out a lot of the crap. And I stopped eating sugar and, um, you know, all the sweet desserts and all that stuff we were eating around the fire hall. Cause that was, you know, that was not, cause I mean, all those things too, I'm not, you know, again, I, I and I know the stuff that I, I see all your stuff that you post and, and, you know, I'm not saying don't ever eat any of that stuff. Yeah. But I'm saying like a, a steady diet of that, right. um, you know, creates inflammation in the body, which leads to, you know, chronic pain and and, and stuff like that. So that's the only reason. I'm not saying don't eat it. I just chose to to cut that out because uh, I wanted to, uh, to you know, give myself the best chance, especially from an inflammatory state because I, I was, you know, kind of, I had a lot of inflammation inside my body that was uh, causing me some pain. So that's the only reason I, I say that stuff. Um, uh, yeah, but, uh, and then, yeah, it kind of morphed from there and I started training the guys at the fire hall. And then I, um, you know, the guys were liking it. We started getting, you know, getting in a good groove. And then I became a pure fitness trainer through the IFF um, and really got into that and, and and really helping our guys out and creating programs and and which also included some nutrition stuff and then I got my own personal training certification and started my own business there for a while and it's just really morphed man it just uh, you know I'm passionate about it I, I believe that you know, um, you don't have to, I, I spend a lot of time and i I experiment all the time, which, you know, I'm sure you do too, cause you're passionate about that stuff too. So I'm interested in all the, you know, all the kind of the things that people are saying. So I try a lot, but, um, you know, it's really about, uh, purposeful movement every day. You oh. know, you don't have to go out there and crush yourself every single day with a workout, it's good to, you know what, it feels good to go out and kick your butt once in a while. Right. But you don't have to do that every day because that does take a lot over time. That does take a lot out of your, out of your body and it, you know, it can affect your immune system and stuff like that. But um, yeah, man, purposeful movement every day. That's, that's kind of my, my uh, values now. And I, I still kick my ass every now and then. And, you know, a few times a week and I've just added a few different things in now and, and you know i go for a long bike ride once a week now and different things as i'm getting older but yeah man sorry that was a long winded uh answer but hopefully that uh
0: no that's that's awesome answered
1: um, your question a little bit
0: no that's uh terrific thank you uh my aha moment in uh, regards with uh training um i read this sort of a book uh called strong Medi- medicine i highly recommend it but Anyways, uh, the author was talking about uh, he had a cup, and he basically said, uh, he put in the cup like stress, and uh, he said uh, basically if that cup is almost full with uh, stress from your day-to-day life, and say if you have a really, really hard uh, workout, that cup will overflow and you could actually do more damage in the long run than, Mm -hmm. uh, and I was like, Whoa, that, that really makes sense. So no, I I totally get that.
1: Yeah, no, I I love that, man. It, and, uh, you know, hopefully people, you know, I know it's hard starting out on a fitness program and and you, you know, you want to try and find something that, um, you know, is going to get you results that you want. And, and, you know, hopefully, you know, it's not, it's not a quick fix and, and you want to look at longevity in that, but you know, a lot of sometimes people don't recognize the fact that you can't just go and do some of the stuff that, you know, if you're doing the same thing over like every day where you're, you know, doing these high intensity training or, or whatever it is every day you can do, you, 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 mean you, you need to, and it's probably one of the hardest things to do too, is actually go, okay, I need a rest day. You know, I need a recovery day. Cause you know, as you probably know too, sometimes that's hard to do because you love it so much, Yeah. you know, you love that physical activity, but your body does, and you will come back stronger. You know, uh, that's, that's, you know, that's one of the things that I, uh, I believe in for sure is you know rest is for optimal performance you know and in firefighting and and whatever else you in any athletics or you know rest is just as important as the training itself
0: most definitely and uh, now that I find that I'm getting older um, when my body is telling me I need uh, rest I'm like all right rest it is <laughs> yeah
1: absolutely man and and uh, yeah it's and that's good listening to your body, you know, so many, and again, it's, that's one of the hard things to do, right? Yeah. We're taught to push through and you know, ah, it's not that bad. What's, what's it going to be, you know? And and then if you have like a little nagging pain or injury or whatever, it's just, you know, it just, it just compounds everything. So yeah. Listening to your body, man. I love it. Good, great advice. Yeah.
0: Thanks. Um, we actually uh, have very similar backgrounds. Uh, while I was in, in the military, I uh, hurt my back, my lower back, really bad, too. I, was, um, I still remember it to this day, I was doing squats at the gym now, and I was warming up. Um I just had the bow and I was coming up and I literally felt something pop Mm in my lower back and I'm like, oh this isn't good. So I put the bow back in the back and I tried to straighten up and oh it's so painful. And uh anyways, um I had a bulged disc (laughs) Mm -hmm. and uh I rehabbed it on my own. That's when I uh found out all about the foundation training. And I also bought uh, the TRX, but I had it in the closet. I never really used it. And then uh, when I really hurt my back, I was like, okay, I'm going to go full throttle with this. And uh, I never had any back issues since. Nice. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the foundation training, honestly, man, Um, and as you, you can, you know, you can attest to it as well. It's, it's probably one of the best things, um, that I've ever found to, to help myself through, you know, uh, the struggles of of having back pain. And I, I think one of the big things too, is once you, once you take responsibility for it and, and, and acknowledge it and say, okay. I need to do this. My, like the only person that can fix this is me. So once you, once you accept that and, and, kind of, you know, uh, are open to, to doing it yourself, that's when, you know, you can, you you can really accomplish, you know, anything you want to do, especially with your body. I mean, sometimes, yeah, you need surgery or you need, you know, if you're really injured bad, but a lot of times, man, you can, you know, if you take time to, to just kind of, to uh accept it and 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 look at what's really happened you can you can do it yourself man
0: Oh uh without a doubt and they say in uh, 95% cases that back surgery will actually make things worse Yeah Um I actually um um fellow podcaster and I interviewed him uh, James Gearing, he actually interviewed the guy that uh, does foundation training Mhm yeah so um why did you uh start your podcast beyond the uh big red chalk
1: yeah um you know it's it's kind of I, I started it really because i wanted to help other initially the the intent was that I had some stuff happen to me and, you know, I ended up in the last few years of my career really struggling with uh, mental health issues and, and not really knowing, but looking back now going, Oh man, I was, you know, I was not doing well and, and, uh, ended up, you know, being diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder and, and, um, and actually, uh, a permanent disability as a result of, of all that, you know, repeated untreated exposure to trauma, you know, and um, yeah, there's lots of, lots of things I could talk about, about that. But as far as the, the, the podcast, I, I, you know, did a lot of healing and, and really felt like I, I really wanted to tell my story, to help others. And, you know, I'm super comfortable talking about it now because it's been, you know, it's been a couple years and, and now I will be retiring with a medical retirement um, soon and moving on to other things. But uh, the intent behind the podcast was to help other people. So I started, uh, you know, interviewing, I kind of, the first one was, talking about uh you know my story and and why beyond the big red truck and and for me beyond the big red truck was you know my life beyond firefighting you know the big red truck obviously the fire department represented the fire department and beyond so beyond the fire department for me um you know and that there was still hope and still you know, things you could accomplish in your life, even though you can't do the things that you maybe thought you wanted to do for the rest of your life. Or, you know, there's, there's always hope, right? And because there's other people that experience things in their lives that overcome obstacles. And, and you know, so it was over, it's about life beyond the fire department. It was about overcoming obstacles and, and still, you know, thriving and, and living the life that you want Despite those obstacles, right, and and so I, I kind of I started interviewing a couple firefighters who had experienced. Um, you know, uh, one was a, a burn survivor, and you know had his partner uh, pass away on him in a fire. Uh, one was a mountain climber who, you know, he was off the job, but he ended up losing all his all most of his fingers, and then still pursued the job and ended up ultimately getting his job back after they told him he couldn't well despite the fact of having you know most of his fingers uh, gone from due to uh, frostbite uh, mountain climbing and then it just kind of you know morphed from there I really it's it wasn't just about firefighting for me it was about people and I just am fascinated by people and and because everybody has a story and And I think the more stories we can tell about people overcoming obstacles and knowing that, you know what, obstacles are a normal part of life. it you know, and, and, and if I could help people by telling these stories and showing them that, hey, you can overcome your obstacles too, you know, that other people are going through stuff and they've made it through and you can too. And so, you know, I started interviewing, you know, a couple of athletes and, and I talked to Theo Fleury and I talked to Bob Tewksbury, who's a, you know, mental skills coach with uh, San Francisco giants at the time. And he was just, you know, helping people with the, you know, the mental skills in sports. And so it just, it, it kind of morphed from just being a fire department or firefighter thing to, more about people and 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 just about life and and sharing these stories of these amazing people and and the more i talk to people the more fascinated i get and the more i want to do so anyways that's kind of uh <laughs> that's kind of why why beyond the big red truck happened
0: no no that's great that's really great um now let's talk about the elephant in the room which is uh ptsd uh, I'm uh I I have been around it. Uh thankfully I, I've never uh, gotten it. But uh my uh first girlfriend in Cole Lake, she lived in Meadow Lake. Uh she was uh a paramedic and going into the relationship I had no idea she had uh, PTSD and then uh she sent me uh, a very, very long email after a second date. Uh saying uh, like what she had and uh, if uh, if she wants to uh, like go separate ways I'm fine but I didn't really know much about it I'm like that's not me I'm not gonna split up so let's just see what happens and yeah so that that kind of uh, screwed me up a bit and um, uh, it's not really uh, PTSD but my uh, sister-in-law has severe, severe depression. She uh, tried to uh, kill herself a few times and uh, now she's much, much better. But uh, like, I I know it's still there. Um, Now my question for you is why why do you think PTSD is such a taboo in the fire service or uh, in the first responders setting in general?
1: Yeah, good question. Um, Definitely, uh, you know, uh, first of all, I'm, you know, I'm sorry to hear about, uh, you know, your family member there. Um, I can understand, you know, what she was feeling in that sense, because with PTSD, it's, you know, it's anxiety, it's kind of, it's a form of an anxiety disorder, and and along came with it, uh, depression as well. So, and the suicidal thoughts and, and stuff like that. So I, you know, I'm really uh, sorry to hear that man and hope they're doing well because uh, I, I, I get it and I don't want anybody to ever feel the way that I do. So she's, when somebody uh, tells me that. Um,
0: she's yeah. actually doing uh, really amazing right now. She's uh, going to university and uh, she's uh, living with us, but, like the transformation she made is unbelievable uh we just know that it's it's still in her she's just being uh, medicated
1: right okay yeah okay well good she's got some support for sure and uh yeah man the uh, so to move on the the PTSD elephant in the fire service you know i i think I think that in the past, even since I've been off, I, I've been off since December, 2016, working with, uh, you know, healing and, and working with our work safe program in BC here. And, uh, you know, I worked with the BC professional firefighters and we have a resiliency retreat program and I've done that. And, you know, so we are moving forward now I don't think it's, it's definitely not where it should be, but it's moving forward. When I was still, you know, working on the floor and, you know, I think that the old school mentality, and and I don't like to use the word old school, but that's makes the most sense to people. I think, you know, the old school mentality of suck it up. um, You're okay. Right. And, um, you know, uh, let's just laugh it off in the, in the truck and, and, uh, you know, go about our business. And, and that was kind of the attitude. And so for someone to say that they have a problem when, when you look around and you think no one else has a problem. First of all, you don't want to be that guy or that person, male or female, who is the one who says, you know what, no, I, this is really something's, something's wrong, right? You know, they, you know, our captains would say, you know, not specifically, but, you know, say, oh, everyone's okay, right? You guys, you guys are fine, right? You don't need to, you don't need to, um, we don't need anything for this call, right? And you'd, you'd look around and everyone else was nodding their heads. So you'd be like, oh, yeah, we're, yeah, I'm fine. Ha ha. Let's, you know, <laughs> yeah. let's get back to doing what we're doing. And even though, you know, traumatically and, and the, one of the things that I've learned in this process of healing and, and self-reflection and, and all that stuff that I've learned through all my, you know, psychology treatments and all that, you know, I've done tons and tons of stuff. Um, you know, first of all, we don't know, we don't know what that person, what each individual person has been through in their life. So our experiences shape our experiences from the time we're children to, to, you know, to where we are now, those experiences, whatever they are, um, shape the way that we view the world and the way that we, um, the way the paths that we take are based on those experiences. So you don't know what type of trauma someone has been through in their life. And trauma can be anything from divorce for a, for a small kid, a divorce of family is, is traumatic um, to, you know, physical abuse, mental abuse, all that sexual abuse, all that kind of stuff. Like it can be anything. It can be a teacher who, who belittled you in your classroom. It could be a coach who, you know, kept uh, yelling and screaming at you and telling you you're no good and you're no good and you're no good and beating you down, you know, uh, verbally. Like those are traumatic things that affect you through your life. So once we get these, once we get to a point, so we get in this job that, that you're taught to, you know, suck it up and, and uh, dealing with these traumatic situations, You know, uh, as far as, you know, going to medical calls and rescues and and all that stuff and even fires and and all that stuff, it can be traumatic. And the one thing that I think gets lost is that, yes, we're a team and we're all together and we do it for each other and and all that camaraderie. But in the end, we're all individuals with individual experiences. So we go to a car accident and, and it might not be traumatic, the car accident itself. But maybe I was on a car accident five years ago that was the same car or, you know, uh, at the same spot or something that triggers something in me. No one else was maybe in that call. But I'm affected by this because it's triggering something that happened to me personally, like maybe years ago, maybe, you know, whatever that is. So when the captain comes back and says, you guys are all. We don't, you know, need anything. Even though I'm hurting inside, I'm not going to say anything, right? So, I think the one of the biggest problems is that we don't know what anyone else brings into the fire service when we uh, come into this job. So to treat it as a as a group. <laughs> concept as far as needing to you know debrief or or get some critical incident stress help for for the members um it's a very individual thing for so for someone to say i'll decide you know our chief of the day would say i'll decide whether you guys need to call in somebody right because it's about money it's not about the guys or the girls or whatever you know it was about really about the money and an awareness because he, the chief of the day was taught those things. Right. So he's only doing, you know, he's doing his best and, you know, we're all doing our best, but I think that is really, you know, the reason why it's, it has been in the past such a, an issue. And, and then that's why you get guys, um, and not guys, sorry, firefighters, paramedics, first responders, you know, just not knowing what to do. And they end up committing suicide and the suicide rate is alarmingly high for first responders. Right. And so if we keep all this stuff inside, if we don't talk about it, if we don't get get it off our chest, we just build it up and build it up and then we take it home. And then, you know, at, at work, we, we, We're supposed to, you know, we turn off our compassion a little bit because we can't do our job sometimes with, you know, being compassionate on these calls. And then we're supposed to go home and turn it on. And then it does over time, those repeated exposure to these traumas and, and these things and the lack of sleep and, you know, which also, you know, helps, you know, and it creates inflammation in your body and your brain's not working properly because you're not getting the proper rest. And then, you know you start to get anxious. And, and for me too, I was like, I would get in my truck and I I would start crying on the way home. And I'd be like, what the, fuck? like, how, how do I, you know, why am I crying? You know, as soon as I leave the fire hall and then I get home and I just want to be alone and you know, it just started spiraling down and down. So you, and then you start bringing it home and then it starts affecting your family and, and your whole life. And you just don't know what to do. And then, you know, oddly enough, the, the, the fire hall is, you know, you go to work and it's kind of your safe place it is kind of a weird, weird uh, feeling. But even though you know that that, you know, is where the things are, are kind of hurting you. But anyways, that, that's kind of, you know, I think, and again, we're doing really great things now. The BC professional firefighters have created this task force and, and a group and, and we've got, you know, the share it, don't wear it um, slogan out there now. And we've got a resiliency retreat uh, and they're, they're educating, they're out there educating all the, um, the therapists and, and they're working with WorkSafe BC to educate them about what's really happening and how and why these claims, uh, you know, don't need to be dealt with the same as, you know, necessarily a physical injury and the intricacies about that and so they're doing great stuff and and all over the world I've connected with great people great uh responder strong in Colorado and and, you know just different organizations um across you know Canada and the U.S. who are all really doing great things to move this forward and get it out there and let's talk about it and and uh like the BC PFFA says you know share it don't wear it and I think in the past it was a certain way, and we're moving towards you know uh, this and it's coming out in in it's coming out more and more just in society in general, and you know it, it's a big it's a it's an issue, but at least it seems like we're talking about it more, which is is the first step you know in creating some awareness and but but I believe also you know. It's, it's about the prevention and, and training our guys to understand and recognize the signs and why they should just talk about it. And even if they maybe don't feel like it's affected them, you know, it doesn't hurt to just talk about it. And uh, yeah, lots to say there, man. But I don't know if that answers your question, but I kind of rambled a bit. But um, yeah, that was kind of like my experience and, and why I think the PTSD is kind of the elephant in the room still.
0: No, no, that that is uh, great, and I really like how uh, you said like uh, uh, that's how people get it is when they hold uh, the stuff in, and um, about how I was saying earlier on the podcast how I'm a completely different person, uh, I am, because back then when I was a firefighter, uh, I... Uh, I would hold a lot of stuff in and it wasn't good at all. And now uh, some people may not like this, but I usually tell them how it is because I know that uh, holding stuff in like that can lead to bad things. And yeah, it's just not worth well, it.
1: Yeah, I agree, man. It's, uh, it's great. It's uh, it, you know, so- sometimes it is really hard to talk about stuff and, you know, you don't want to feel sometimes it feels like maybe you're a burden on, on someone and you don't, you know, you don't want to bother them with, with what your, what your quote unquote problems are and all that. But, um, you know, honestly, I'll bet you the person that you're going to talk to is going through some stuff too. So, You know, and they. It maybe you. Maybe by talking about it, maybe you open the door for them to talk about their stuff, and maybe you help them in the process, right? So, it's a win-win for everyone, man. And if we, you know, it starts by talking about it.
0: Yeah. So, exactly. Yeah. So, um, I'm just going to ask you uh, some Chanela uh, questions now. Uh, let's uh, switch uh, train tracks. So. Yeah, buddy. Um. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say and why? <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Um, oh man, that is definitely uh, that is definitely switching tracks there. Yeah. Um, so if I had a gigantic billboard, um. Yeah, that's, uh, oh man, I would probably, you know, just put, I I would probably put a a quote on, on the billboard and, um, you know, some kind of positive, positive, you know, thing. And and I've got a really, you know, this quote that I, I kind of really like and, um, you know, it says, you know, you're not gonna master the rest of your life in one day. Just relax, master the day, then just keep doing that every day. So I really like that. Um, you know, because sometimes we get caught up in you know, thinking that we gotta figure it all out right now. And uh, you know, it's a process, man. And and if you believe in the process and not, you know, think about about necessarily focus on the outcome then uh, you can celebrate the small victories along the way in the process and you know the outcome will will uh you know will be achieved for sure so wow that's that's what i would say buddy
0: that is really amazing um you could really apply that to anything in life especially exercise that's really great
1: yeah the process for sure (laughs) yeah
0: So, uh, when do you, when you feel overwhelmed or unfocused, what do you do?
1: Um, yeah, when I feel overwhelmed or losing focus or, you know, just need a a little bit of a, a break, I, uh, through this whole process, you know, one of the first things I learned to do with, uh, when I, when I was going through, you know, the real bad anxiety, was I did learn to to meditate and you know learn some mindfulness and so it's kind of morphed from from being uh you know guided meditations where I'm really learning to focus on my breath and you know uh focus on the present because that's that's one of the things that you know if you are if you are feeling anxious uh anxiety is, is based on future thoughts. So if you're thinking about the future and worried about stuff that hasn't happened yet, that's anxiety. And those, we can't control that. We can't control what hasn't happened yet. So technically we're kind of creating that ourselves. If we're feeling depressed or, uh, you know, we're depression is kind of things that have happened. You know, you're thinking about the past, Like, oh man, why did I do that, right? That's about the past. Those are things that we can't control. They're over, they're done. So my the best thing that I've found to do is to focus on the present and be in the present moment because that's the only place where there's no anxiety, no depression, and you can just be free of, of all those thoughts. And the best way for me to do that is some mindfulness and some meditation. And, and right now I'm really into breathing, uh, focusing on breathing. Cause I really feel like that brings um, can bring you right into the present moment because, you know, if you're focusing right on the breath in the breath out um, it's impossible to think of, of the, of anything else. So that, that's what really helps me, man. I just take a, take a two minute five minute whatever just something I, I do it every morning too just to start off my day so
0: nice yeah. and the craziest thing too about breathing is uh you could do it for uh, different um events too like uh uh if your breathing is a shit and you're uh, shooting a weapon um then you're gonna do awful right same with the exercise if if uh you're going to be lifting a heavy amount of weight and uh you're not breathing that well then uh you're going to do bad
1: yeah absolutely if you if you uh if you're not like breathing out at the right time or breathing in at the right time or you know trying to slow it down or whatever you need to do i, I totally agree breathing is and it's just it's just about uh acknowledging it right it's an awareness of. of Uh, Breathing is so important in, you know, obviously to to us living as humans, but, uh, you know, in other things, too, and how much we can control what we do by our breathing. So in fitness and, and everything. So I love it, man.
0: Exactly. So what would you say to the military person or the deputy fire chief that needs to lose weight, but they don't really have the motivation? How would you help them?
1: Yeah, that's a tough one, I think, because as you know, too, like it's got to, you know, you you know, a lot of times your best results come from inside your internal motivation. So, you know, there's internal motivation and external motivation. So intrinsic or extrinsic motivation. And sometimes the external is good to kind of like, I like both types of motivation. Um, But I, uh, you know, so I think the external for those people, uh, you know, if it was the fire chief or, or, you know, a military um, commander, or I can't remember what you described there. But yeah, like the the officer in charge kind of thing. um, I think, you know, for those guys, if it doesn't come from inside, I think the external part of it for them, hopefully would be. Just by example, right? So if your whole crew is is exercising and, and you know, leading a, a healthier lifestyle and we go out for a workout or, you know, that and that keeps happening over time and over time and he's seeing changes in our attitude and our, you know, our eating habits and and our work production and all that stuff, I would hope that they might – take that as some external motivation to, Oh man, look at these guys, they've changed so much and, and it's all in the positive. And, and maybe, you know, maybe I should do that. And um, you know, maybe, you know, for, you know, to add some of the nutrition into there to start eating better is, you know, maybe invite them for, for lunch. If you make your lunch, maybe invite them down and, and show them like, Hey, we can, we can still eat and and, and eat healthy and, Um, and change some eating habits. And that's a huge one as you know, too, for, you know, for, for weight management and, and, and health. But I think for, for the, you know, the higher ups, you know, it's mostly like, and and with everyone, man, it's, it's kind of like, it has to come from inside to make those changes. But the only thing sometimes we can do as trainers is is lead by example right and uh so because it's kind of you know you'd hope maybe it's kind of like a little bit of a pack mentality if you know you got everybody doing and it works both ways right everyone's doing you know eating shit and 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 sitting on the couch all day well that's what the new guy thinks that they have to do right or or that's just the way it is but if we all are eating healthy and exercising and doing all those things maybe you know maybe those guys will see that uh maybe they, they want to do it too, right. Be part of the team. So that, that's what I would say. I know. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not really into uh, pushing people. I, I, I like to educate people, but I, I can't do it for, for them as well. Right. So.
0: Oh, oh, exactly. Like I uh, can't uh, hold the hand.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I just think leading by example, man, that's, if it's someone who doesn't really have the motivation, leading by example is probably the best way.
0: Right on, right on. Yeah. Well, uh, this is the last part of the podcast. Uh, it's called No Bull. So uh, rapid fire questions. Are you ready?
1: Oh, man. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Best purchase under $100.
1: Best purchase under $100? Yes oh man what have I purchased uh, let me see I got a uh, my my favorite purchase under 100 bucks is uh, I got this skeletal system uh, little mini uh, skeleton that's uh, you know anatomical anatomically correct but smaller and you can move the parts and all that and I got it in my office and with a little chart, and I love it. It's it's kind of creepy, but I love it.
0: Nice, nice. What's your favorite exercise?
1: My favorite exercise. Um, you know what? I, I'm going to kind of be boring, man. But I think it's something that's very important. And my favorite exercise is a push-up. I love all the different varieties. Uh, it's so um, you can do it anywhere um, and you know, you can do all different varieties and, and it just makes you kind of feel strong. You're using your body weight and you're just pushing, you know, uh, and, and you can just do as many as you can. So I, I just love it.
0: Nice. Uh, I started a challenge way back in January. I was hoping I would get a bunch of people, but, uh, a few flooded off, but it's, uh, the ops fitness challenge and it's a hundred pushups and a hundred squats every day for the whole yeah and uh about uh one more month and uh it's finished it's crazy.
1: Nice are you are you doing it?
0: Yeah oh yeah yeah every day yeah it's awesome. Uh so uh what is your favorite piece of exercise equipment?
1: Uh definitely one hundred percent right now my favorite piece of exercise equipment is the uh airdyne my airdyne bike
0: oh i'm really jealous Those yeah
1: are- oh i honestly i bought it off of i bought it off of like a facebook i think on bids and battles and i ended up getting it for 50 bucks what? it's, it's wow. old it's old but it you know what man i like when i you know i have people come in and they're like what is that i'm like hey just go try it and then you'll see what it is i i still use it i use it use it all the time and it's probably my favorite machine to use like hundred percent yeah
0: wow i don't know uh what's actually better those or the woodweight tr- uh treadmills well uh you basically are the power on the treadmill
1: right yeah, yeah i love that because if you the harder you push yeah the more okay. resistance there is and uh yeah, I love that, man. Have you have you tried the Jacobs ladder?
0: I machine? owned I owned one. Oh you did? <laughs> yeah, I uh I'm kicking myself, but uh I had to sell it. It was the saddest day of my life because yeah. um uh when uh before we moved, I had a personal training studio. So it had like a Jacobs ladder, I had a big uh, 10-foot frame for my uh TLXs. I had like 12. And I had an inclined tre- uh, treadmill that went up up to thirty uh, percent, and a power plate, a whole set of kettlebells. Yeah, that Jacob's ladder though was amazing.
1: No, nah, you know what? I never tr- I've never tried one, so I need to. I need to get out there and try one for sure.
0: Oh, they're they're incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. Um, there's not a lot of people that could do uh, a full hour on it. I had to uh, build up to it, and it was tough.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. It looks tough. Yeah.
0: So uh, what are your top three favorite books? All
1: right. Top three favorite books. Um, so... I have to say these are a couple books that I've read a while ago, but one is called essentialism and it's, uh, the disciplined pursuit of less it's by Greg McKeown. And, you know, really what it helped me do at the time was because I was feeling overwhelmed and, and anxiety, like anxiety ridden and all that. So it really helped me figure out, you know, what was important in my life, and and the stuff that I really didn't need, so the stuff that's why it's called essentialism. The stuff that uh, it was really important to me and was only the essential stuff in my life, and and you know to kind of help me get rid of all the other stuff that I didn't need, and that was you know ultimately helping cause some of the anxiety in that. So that that one was amazing. Uh, another one that I really enjoyed was called the compound effect. Yeah. And that's by Darren Hardy. I don't know if you've uh, heard of that one, but
0: yeah, I uh, own that book too. Yeah.
1: So that one really helped me too. I like all the information in there. Uh, Just, you know, one of the things that sticks out to me is his metaphor uh, when he talks about uh, momentum and, and the well and how, you know, you pump and you pump and you pump and okay, you get a little bit of water And then you get a little bit more and a little bit more. And the more you pump and you get a little bit more until you get some really good flow going. And then it actually is easier once. So you've done all the hard work up to that point. You work hard, you work hard until you get to what you want. And now you, you basically, if you keep doing it, it's going to be easier now to create that same uh, result. But, his point is is that if you stop the a lot of times we get that momentum and then we're happy with it and then we stop and then every time we stop it's harder and harder to get going again right and that tendency is to not do that anymore so just it really kind of i really love that part of the book about momentum because it really painted a good picture for me um you know especially about exercise right and fitness like how many times do you you know whether you have clients or or guys on the job or or whatever or just people that start a program stop and yeah. then you know january comes and then they start again and how hard is it to start every time so if we just were more consistent it would be easy you know and not easier but it would be easier on you to keep doing it as you make it part of your life and and not just You know this extra thing. You're not adding something. It's just part of your life, right? And creating that momentum. So, yeah, that uh, that that book was amazing. And um, what's another one that I'm reading right now? Um, Yeah. So, Doctor Gabor Mate. He's a he's a uh, he's a doctor here in Vancouver, but he's written a whole bunch of books. He's a world-renowned doctor, and the one that I was reading and and really blew my mind and got some great information and stories. Um, I, th- I want to say that the title is, uh, the hidden causes of stress, the hidden cause of stress, when the body says no. And so, you know, it talks just about, uh, how, how kind of childhood traumas uh, affect the way that we see the world and live our lives and can possibly, um, you know, influence the way that our bodies respond throughout our whole lives, including, you know, fighting off disease and, and uh, you know, those stresses that are created and, and why we get certain, problems in our lives and diseases and all that stuff. So it's really interesting. He's, he's, uh, it, it really opened my eyes to, to how connected the physical body is to like our, we often, we often separate the body into, you know, all the physical, the mental, the brain, all that stuff where, what, you know, what he really drives home is it's all connected, man. And, regardless of what we all think and that our body is so connected. Our, you know, our central nervous system and our endocrine systems and our gut and our guts connection to the brain and, and, you know, all, all that stuff. And then physically what we do to stress our body and how it affects the internal functioning of our body and our body's ability to absorb nutrients and all that stuff. And, and yeah, so it's just fascinating. I, I, yeah, I get uh, I get excited talking about it, but uh, I would recommend that one for sure.
0: Awesome. Great. I never heard of that. I'm going to look into that book for sure. Um, Beatles or Elvis? Elvis. Nice. And what's your favorite song? By Elvis? Uh, just by anybody. Sorry. Oh, by anybody?
1: Yeah. Uh, favorite song. Um... Oh, man. That's a tough one i love music because i'm a i'm a drummer too so i played in bands uh before and that so i I like all types of music but um favorite song oh man Uh, well that i can't believe that this is the question that stumped me (laughs) Um, yeah let me see just give me a sec I'll think uh, I got something Uh, oh man Um, you know I'm gonna have to say like I'll say probably like my favorite song right now is because I just saw the Foo Fighters. Oh, really? Um, And so I would say, um, Sky is a Neighborhood by the Foo Fighters right now. That's, I got to say that, just because my son's into them right now. He's 12. We went to the concert, and we'd listen to Foo Fighters now constantly. So, um, and he's he's a little musician too, so. Um, Yeah, The Sky is a Neighborhood by Foo Fighters.
0: Nice. Um, Yeah, they uh, just played in Edmonton, too, a few weeks ago.
1: Yeah. He actually got – it was his – I don't know if he – did he cancel the show in Edmonton, the original one, maybe? Because they they took a couple days off, a couple shows off before Vancouver because of Dave Grohl's voice. So I thought maybe Edmonton was one of the ones, too, that got –
0: do really, They got
1: bumped or whatever.
0: I don't remember hearing that, but uh, I'm a big country uh, dude, and I do know they uh, there was a country band playing here uh, a night or two uh, before when the Foo Fighters came, and they invited uh, Brothers Osborne on stage to play a song. <laughs> oh, right on. Oh cool, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I like country music too, man. I honestly i I listen to pretty much everything um but uh yeah it kind of goes through phases and right now in my house it's uh it's it, we're living in the grunge era again so uh <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice so uh that's basically the end of the podcast but is there any parting remarks you would like to say and how can people get a hold of you
1: yeah man thanks a lot i just you know uh really uh i just want to thank you for having me on. I'm, you know, man, I'm truly grateful that you would, you know, first of all, want to have me on the podcast. And, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm really excited to, to be able to share some of my story. And, um, you know, I, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just truly grateful. I, I haven't, uh, I've been on the other end of, of it a lot, but not on this end. So, yeah man it's been a great experience i love talking and uh i love the way you do your podcast and it's kind of just you know this let's have a conversation right and uh that's kind of i love that and uh yeah just a a message to to people is you know what take care of yourselves and 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 really look after yourselves and um You know, I know this is kind of something that's hard to wrap your head around, but take some time for yourself. And the way that I was able to do that for myself is, you know, look at it like when they tell you on the airplane, when they say, uh, put your own air max, air oxygen mask on first and then help others. One of the big things that we think is that we can just keep helping others without taking care of ourselves. And if you look at it from that sense, if your air mask comes down and you don't put your own on before you help others, you know, yeah, you can help a few people, but you're not going to be, you know, you're not going to be around if you're, if you're uh, don't take care of yourself. So my biggest, you know, just one little message is, you know, put on your own air max air mask first, so you can you know help yourself, and then you'll be be there for others, and you'll be better for others as well. So take some time for yourself, and uh, yeah, um, you can find me at uh, yeah my website. Right now it's kind of in a little bit of a transition, but you can still get a hold of me www dot com or I'm on Instagram at beyond the big red truck. Uh, I also have a you know just my personal. Instagram at Brad Rob or at um, Fit for Brains, or just search me up, Brad Robinson. Um, yeah, all my info's on there. My phone number's on there. If anyone needs to talk, please. You know, that's one thing too. Is as I'm, I'm also. You know, I do the podcast, and I really like hearing the stories and that. But I also uh, love to be there to support people, so I do offer that um out there if someone wants to send me a message on i'm on facebook as well just under my own personal name or beyond the big red truck send me a message and uh yeah let's uh you know let's keep this conversation going and uh again scott thanks man i loved it this was awesome
0: thank you brad uh this was uh, really great and i hope a lot of people get something from it
1: yeah me too man
0: And uh, I'll see everyone else in a few weeks. Thanks, everyone.